Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where it is with a broken heart that we follow Allison and her tribute to Shasharit founder Rochelle Shoritz, Rochi Shoritz. The world certainly lost an angel this week. Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam El Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can, coming to you from, yeah, that's much better. Thanks, everyone. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side. And I say that tongue-in-cheek. It is a little bit overcast here this morning, but uh, we are hoping that the sun breaks through. I'm joined by Jamie, who's at the de- desk. Why can't I say the word desk in the morning? I keep having that trouble. Who is at the desk next to me, and Avrami behind the board. Good morning, Avram. Good morning. How are you? I thank God. Am well. How was your commute? Uh, it was good. It was good. Yeah? Uh, got a little bit of a nap there, and uh, I was a little bit worried because it, it came about 25 minutes late. So oh. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Right. And people started... Uh, to get nervous, but it uh, it showed up, so uh, I'm here. Thank yeah, and thank God for that. I would actually notice if you weren't here, not like when you n- came into the studio and didn't notice that it had been like Erev Pesach clean in here. That's just, I'm just saying. I noticed. I you just, just didn't like have a another man in my life. You. you decide not to compliment. I okay, didn't fine. Have a it's fine to tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. We we can do this. And now it'll feel forced. So now I can't say anything. No, feel free to compliment us on how hard we were cleaning this place up. It's fine. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. Yeah, Avram, it's not you. It's not you. I'm using the earbuds. I don't want to use the cans today. That's what the problem is. Avrami and I are just adjusting the volume. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit louder than usual for you. I mean, in terms of the adjustment, but I can hear fine. Um, national holidays here in the United States. What's going on here today in the United States is frankly irrelevant. It is nothing worth celebrating. But tomorrow, Avrami, tomorrow is a big day. Do you know why? Um, you don't have a mic. <laughs> Because we're getting ready for Shabbos? Uh, okay, sure. We can say that also. It's National Donut Day. Oh, okay. Right. So I did some uh, I did some research for our listeners because that's the kind of service we provide here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Is that what this is all about? I have it over here, buddy. I wouldn't give you my notes. If you are heading to a participating Krispy Kreme, and there are a number of them with valid hashkachot in the United States, you can get a free donut with no purchase necessary. That's tomorrow the 5th. If you go to a participating Dunkin' Donuts... You need to purchase a beverage, but you could pick any donut you want. Oh, right. right. Someone in the Baltimore area, email me, af and let me know where a Krispy Kreme is in our area that's kosher. Right. Do uh, Let's do some due diligence, or you could just Google it, but we can talk about that. In a- right. Why I'm would I do that? to get people involved. <laughs> Why would I do that? By the way, 10 bucks somebody posts in the next 15 minutes on the app where we where you can get a kosher Krispy Kreme. You want to take that bet? I'm not really a gamer. Oh! Can't get anything going with you today. Um, okay, so if you go to Dunkin' Donuts, you can per- you must purchase a beverage, but you can pick any donut you want. I'm not sure that's the case at Krispy Kreme, by the way. I have a feeling you have to take what they give you, which is fine, but that's the Dunkin' Donuts story according to their press release. Either way, feel free to partake in the national celebrations, and don't worry to all the Dunkin' Donuts employees in the five towns most people make early Shabbos. I want to thank everyone who tuned in for our coverage of the Celebrate Israel Parade. Uh, Nachum, Mark, ZK, Jamie, and I all had a blast. My thanks to all who worked hard on the show. My thanks to Avrami, who kept us going from Baltimore. My thanks to the American Committee for Shari Tzedek, to Jade Drugs, and to Kitchen Sink, who were all sponsors of that programming. And as a reminder, that four hours of programming, yes, we were on the air for four hours. That four hours of programming will be rebroadcast today starting at 1 p.m. during the stunt show slot, as well as TBT. And as well on Sunday at 11 a.m. 
Um, our first guest, or I should say our only guest for today's show, is actually on hold, ca- calling us in from uh, calling us from Israel. Rabbi Ilan Haber is currently the national director of the SIF Jewish Learning Initiative on campus, otherwise known to many as JLIC. He began his career with JLIC as an educator, along with his wife, at Yale University. Previously, he served as National Hill as Director of Accreditation, as a senior consultant in its Department of Campus Strategic Services, and as a campus rabbi at the George Washington University. Elon, rabbi Haber, it says Elon, but we're not that, you know, we're, we're going to be a little bit more formal. Rabbi Haber holds a BA in English Literature and Smicha from Yeshiva University. He also has an MPA with a concentration in Strategic Management and Evaluation from the George Washington University. Currently resides with his wife, Leah, and their five children in Beit Shemesh, Israel. And he is joining us today to talk about the upcoming weekends that JLIC and the OU, or I should say OU and JLIC, are bringing to various communities in the New York area this weekend. It's in the five towns, and next weekend there are a number of opportunities for those in the Teaneck area. Good morning, Rabbi Haber. Hi, good morning, and happy Erev Donut Day There we go. Are you holding two days, Rabbi? <laughs> There's no Krispy Kremes in Israel, as far as oh. I'm aware of, so <laughs> unfortunately not. Oh, okay, so I will eat a donut on your behalf. Thank you. I am your I am your shaliach in this case. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk for a number for for the time that we have. Not only about the upcoming events this weekend and next weekend, but it is the uh, the Shabbos opportunity in the five towns at the youngest rural of Woodmere at Congregation Eish Kodesh. Um, they are all included. The congregation based feel in Woodmere and Beth Shalom and Lawrence are all included in this um, upcoming. Uh, this, this upcoming weekend that highlights the OUJLIC's initiative on campus. So let's talk for a second, though. What made JLIC start in the first place? Uh, excellent question. Uh, the program started now about 15 years ago. It was the brainchild of our founding director and dean, Rabbi Menachem Schrader, uh, who at the time was a Ram and a Yeshiva, Yeshiva Tanivtar in Israel, and saw many students coming to and from uh, secular universities coming from his uh, yeshiva um, back to the U.S., uh, and he realized that there wasn't any professional support or rabbinic or educational support to help students continue their growth in Jewish learning and uh, in Jewish uh, observance and, and connection while they're on campus. And so he, he worked with the OU, um, and it's also a program in partnership with Hillel, uh, where we place couples, male and female educators, to serve as role models. Uh, as campus leaders and educators, pastoral counselors, program facilitators, really, you know, they, they they run the gamut in terms of the way that they support the students on campus. And uh, in those 15 years, the, the need has only grown. Um, there's about 70 to 80 percent of the day school, the Central Saman Orthodox Day School population are going to secular universities as opposed to other, you know, like Yeshiva University or Toro, where there's, uh, which are Jewish schools. Um, and so the OU felt that, uh, given that that's where essentially their uh, constituency um, were, that they needed to provide support for those students while they're in their campus setting, and especially given that it's uh, an important time in their lives where they form their own identity and develop sort of an adult perspective on their Jewish observance and, and religiosity. Uh, it's important to have a role or a stake in that process. Rabbi Haber, do you think that it is that it's twofold? It's not just that we have an increase of Orthodox students on on secular campuses in the United States, but do you also think that the 
that the trend, unfortunately, of people moving away from their Yiddishkeit, moving away from orthodoxy, and beginning to explore lesser forms of connection um, are also what were behind the impetus to start an organization like JLIC? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that that was the case. I think that uh, the Orthodox Union and, you know, the Orthodox Union in general were very aware of, um, you know, trends uh, that exist um, now, hopefully less so than they've had in the past, according to the recent Pew uh, study, uh, but certainly still very significant minority of, of students leaving the faith, especially during their college years, um, leaving their orthodoxy. Um, and um, they felt that you know, it, it was a critical need not just to support and make sure that people have an opportunity to learn or engage or uh, in davening or other types of Jewish activities, but to really have a support system for those students um, while they're in that setting um, to help mitigate some of that, you know, some of that departure. But the way that I kind of see it in terms of my own experiences is, that, you know, it's almost like a, I see the campus as a train station. You have a lot of people becoming Bali Chuva and becoming um, more committed Jewishly, and you also have a lot of people going in the opposite direction, um, and I think it's a critical time, um, and it's an important uh, place for the Orthodox community to have a professional um, and important educational presence, a rabbinic presence, um, you know, given given the, you know, the transitions that happened during that time in a student's life. It's also got to be a comfort to parents who are, um, who have brought their children up in committed Orthodox homes and are now letting them and, and, and enabling their children, which is what we want, to leave the nest, but guaranteeing or, or allowing them to continue that strength that they felt in their homes in terms of their connection to Yiddishkeit, to their Judaism, um, but but with the tools to be out in the real world in the, on a secular campus, but still have people who are in, who are bringing those values from the home onto campus. It has to be a, a comfort to parents. Yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I, I don't, uh, we can't mitigate all the dangers or issues that might emerge on a, on a secular college campus, you know, where two students, two educators, even supplemental educators in a broader environment. But absolutely, um, our, our complete dedication is to making sure to help those students um, and it's not only with religious issues. Uh, uh, students come to our educators for all sorts of different needs and for all sorts of different elements of support and guidance. And, you know, whether it's a student that's uh, sick and those educators bring them soup in the dormitory or the like or just check in with them and they feel that they have people looking out for them at a time where they're away from home and, and not as connected, um, you know, on a personal level. The um, you you mentioned that along that in coordination with Hillel on twenty two university campuses, um, JLIC provides and um, you know works together to provide an an atmosphere, um, an appropriate atmosphere for for our students for our kids. How does how does it work with Hillel when it seems that Hillel is attracting many people beyond our faith? So it's, it's an excellent question, and in my mind, actually, I think it's one of the examples of a really beautiful kind of a partnership that doesn't really, frankly, exist so much in the broader, you know, Jewish communal world. Um, but Hillel itself is a multi-denominational organization, a pluralistic organization, and so they have concern for all uh, Jewish students on campus, regardless of where their background and affiliation come from. That includes Orthodox students and traditional students and more active Jewish students, uh, but also includes many others. 
Um, and so the Hillel itself has recognized that they have a very, very significant need um, uh, in, in terms of having thousands of Orthodox students on their campuses um, where they're, you know, they want to make sure that they're providing, just like they want to make sure they're providing uh, service to students that are coming from other backgrounds, uh, they want to make sure that they're supporting the needs of Orthodox students as well. Um, and so that's, that's where sort of the OU and the OU-JLIC program come in, um, where we work in partnership with Hillel specifically focused on supporting those needs and that below of uh, that broader uh, pluralistic framework, but we do it obviously in a completely halachic uh, fashion. Um, you know, there are things that happen in Hillel, obviously, that are not halachic that we don't take part in, um, but we are a very important and integrated part of their team, um, and I think it's it's really worked beautifully. Now, 15 years, there have been very very few campuses um, that had their programs, you know, change over time. And, um, you know, that, that kind of longevity and commitment really kind of attests to the appreciation that Hillel's have for what uh, the OUJLIC, the site's OUJLIC program um, brings, brings to them. And, in fact, I often get many, many calls from campuses with almost no Orthodox students from Hillel directors that are not Orthodox because, the, you know, the, in addition to providing this kind of support, our educators bring a substantive level of Jewish education and engagement um, that oftentimes fellows don't have on their own within the context of their staff. Um, and so they see us as a potential partner, even in cases where um, there aren't any Orthodox students. I can't say just want that, that kind of um, framework and they want that kind of um, involvement, you know, in their own hill on the way that they support their students. And in fact, Many active Jewish students, even not only Orthodox students, are actively engaged in OUJLIC activities just by simply being attracted or connected to them or seeing them in the Hillel context. Hmm. Very, very interesting. The OUJLIC weekend, the, uh, the community weekend on Long Island is this Shabbos, and it is presenting opportunities for Orthodox Jews on secular campuses to listen and to explore issues going on on secular campuses. You can hear from various scholars and in residents, including Rabbi Menachem Schrader, who's the founding director, Rabbi David and Ariel Pardo. They are the Torah educators at Brandeis, Rabbi Rabbi and Shoshana Charnoff. They are at Queens College. Rabbi Ruvain and Shira Boshnak, who are at Brooklyn College. Rabbi Shlomo and Hana Zukier, who are at Yale. They will all be present uh, at various shuls in the five towns area. We should talk about uh, Teaneck, the Ber- Teaneck area, in just a few moments. But let's just uh, let's focus, if you would, for a second on um, on the five towns, simply because I will have, please God, the opportunity to hear a number of the scholar and residents this Shabbos, as I am, as our listeners know, a Woodmere resident and a, a member of the Young Israel of Woodmere. And this, the, the, the reason this attracted me so much, and I saw the flyer in Shul last week, which is why I reached out to the OU, and my thanks to everyone at the OU for facilitating this interview, was that I have a child who's a junior in high school, and I have a constant, you know, we have this... Uh, uh, this pull and push kind of a thing, you know, this uh, internal struggle as parents. We want our kids to be able to um, to explore, but we also want to keep them close to home. So whereas I and whereas I look at these different opportunities with these different Torah educators who are representing OUJLIC, and I see that some are that we have a couple from the from Queens College, a couple from Brooklyn College. We have, um, you know, from from Brandeis and we have from Yale. I, I, I'm wondering, 
Is it really a problem on the Brooklyn campus and uh, at Queens College that we need to have an OU JLIC presence there as well? I understand it at Brandeis and at Yale. I really, really get it. Am I being naive as a New Yorker to think that they, that these um, that this service is not necessary in Brooklyn and Queens, or is it just adding to the campus environment, the the the, um, the exciting Jewish campus environment that already exists? Sure, it's, it's an excellent question, and uh, actually many people have asked me that in the past. <laughs> I'm prepared, at least, you know, in terms of that. Um, I'll, I'll relate a story just um, with regard to Brooklyn College, and I think it applies more broadly as well, um, although Queens, I think, is a different entity than Brooklyn. Um, but uh, with regard to Brooklyn, so I, I actually um, was bringing around one of our lay leaders um, to the campus, and we had a forum with Jewish students. And one of the students, uh, you know, uh, the lay leader was sort of peppering me with these questions before we got to the campus. And so I decided to just put it out there to the students directly and see what sort of response they had. And one student characterized it like this. He said, it doesn't really matter how many Jewish opportunities exist in Brooklyn if the doors are all closed. Mm. Meaning that Interesting. Um, the, you know, the, there's a lot, certainly a lot of Judaism and Jewish activity in Brooklyn um, as, you know, as, a, uh, as an entity, and uh, there are certainly a lot of opportunities that exist, but they're not geared towards college students. And they're not geared on the campus, you know, within the campus environment. They don't really directly relate to the needs of college students or even necessarily acknowledge or understand what those needs are. So when we started a program at Brooklyn, immediately we saw just an incredible growth of enthusiasm and excitement of community building where the students themselves uh, took kind of um, a, a significant impetus in terms of building their community under the guidance of, of the OUJLIC program. And... Um, you know the uh, the the couple that we had at Brooklyn, that we currently have at Brooklyn, uh, Ruben and Shira Bashan, which is one of the couples that are speaking at Woodmere this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that um, they they've been on campus now for, for seven years, um, and uh, you know they've conducted many weddings. Uh, even many alumni have you know chosen to settle around them, see them as their uh, rabbinic and personal spiritual leadership and mentorship. Um, you know, they've counseled students on many, many different kind of personal issues, and they've engaged in very significant and creative programming that enables students to an outlet to not only sort of express their Judaism, but express their leadership capabilities in a, in a, in a way that they wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity in other contexts as well. So we found actually that while it might be counterintuitive, right. um, there actually is a tremendous need. Um, and a similar thing, although it's a different entity, like I said, it's heaven happening at Queens College. Uh, Queens is a little different because there actually is a residential population. Uh, they built dormitories, and there are a number of students that live in apartments. Even if they go home on Shabbat, they live essentially on campus. And, um, you know, there's really, if you think about the Orthodox community, there's, there's great diversity in the Orthodox community. So you might have a student that, you know, goes to Orachayim and uh, studies in Queens. So that's not our target population. You know, if they're in Yeshiva and they're studying at Queens College on the side, you know, that's not really who we're targeting. But there's a real spectrum of students from non-Orthodox background um, that exists at Queens, many of them that either aren't proactive or necessarily aren't connected or engaged in different outlets for them to be able to express their 
their uh, Jewish identity. Uh, we started um, a midrashah program at Queens College because we found that there was real, while there might be some opportunities for men who are engaged or interested in learning, there is kind of like a dearth of opportunities for women um, in that in that context. Um, and there are other programs that have existed over time as well, like uh, Tarot, which was started by the Kasharan program, is now integrated as part of the OUJLIC program. But the idea is that um, we were finding, first of all, that the students on campus wanted to galvanize and establish their community in a very real way, and OUJLIC's investment has enabled them to do that. Um, we host very festive Sudesh Lishit on, on Shabbat, so there are a significant number of students that are actually on campus for Shabbat and are participating in community on campus. Got it. Um, so, you know, what we found is actually there is, <laughs> you know, and we do a lot of evaluation. We, we get incredible notes and letters and um, feedback about how important this program has been in the lives of students that have participated in it, even at places that you might think, you know, because they're in such Jewish settings with resources that right. they otherwise wouldn't necessarily need it. Right. I just want to also make uh, mention of the weekend of the opportunity next weekend, the Community Engagement Weekend in Teaneck at B'nai Yishurin, at Rinat Yisrael, and at Keter Torah on June 12th through 13th. That's Shabbos Parshat Shlach. And um, scholars and residents will include yourself, Rabbi Ilan Haber, the OUJLIC National Director, Rabbi Yaakov and Rachili Taubis, who are at UPenn, Rabbi um, Adam and Sarah Freeberg, who are at Rutgers, and they will all be available throughout the day at v- giving various shiurim at B'nai Yishon, Rinat Yisrael, Ketcher Torah. I should also make mention that on Shabbos on June 13th, also talking about the same Shabbos, at Ketcher Torah, there will be a hot kiddish and chabura at the Teen Minion with Rabbi Adam Freeberg, who is at the uh, who is at the OUJLIC in Rutgers. And uh, frankly, I cannot give it up an op- up an opportunity to mention a hot kiddish, Rabbi uh, <laughs> Rabbi Haber. Um, let me just um, let me just finish um, uh, and wrap this up with with uh, even though I have a bunch of other questions, I, I do want to mention and take a couple of a couple of minutes to talk about. Um, some of the challenges beyond the Yiddishkeit, some of the challenges that our students are facing on secular campuses, and specifically um, B- the BDS movement and a lot of reported anti-Semitism that has been seen across college campuses. I do want to ask if any of your staff has, has felt that or been targeted to that, and especially after a commentary article came out mentioning that Columbia University topped a, the top worst anti-Semitic colleges in the United States, and this is an article that came out um, a little while ago. It was a very jarring article for those of us living in New York who could not believe that this was happening in our Dalit Amos, so to speak. Um, but nevertheless, has your faculty, has your team been the target of any uh, specific anti-Semitic activity? And have your students who participate in your activities come to you as a source of strength? Yeah. Um, so, in, in terms of our uh, our faculty, uh, our professionals on campus, so they have not, um, as of yet, and I, I certainly hope they won't uh, become a target of anti-Semitic or anti-Israel activity. Um, but they have definitely been um, a source of strength, and um, I would even say pastoral guidance for students that that have uh, experienced different levels, not even you know sort of minor activities that don't make it into the newspapers, like name-calling or professor uh, relating to students in a negative way or, you know, things like that. Um, 
so, yeah, and we have seen um, an increase in certainly in the strength and legitimacy of the BDS movement um, and its relevance and its sort of place in the minds of students on campus. Um, I think generally still uh, the campuses are typically fairly pro-Israel environments, some more than others. Um, obviously, there are some campuses that are notoriously not, but there are some that really there aren't a great amount of anti-Israel, anti-Semitic activity. Um, Anti-Semitic activity, I think, is still uh, in the incidental range, meaning it doesn't happen on a regular basis, mm -hmm. but there certainly are uh, isolated and sometimes very dramatic incidents um, that, that take place um, that our educators are involved or part of the team uh, within the Hill on the broader community kind of addressing and and helping students out that are in those kinds of situations. So I, I don't think it's at the point where it's where it's a very dangerous environment for students, but it's definitely part of the larger awareness and um, context in which they they need to um, the wrestle. And I think it mirrors to some extent, you know, uh, probably a rise in general anti-Semitism and anti-Israel activity that's taking place in the broader U.S. Elon um, or even world. Rabbi Elon Haber is the national director of the Saif Jewish. Uh, OU Jewish Learning Initiative on campus. Um, he will be next weekend. I wish you a safe flight, by the way. Uh, he'll be, next week, uh, he will be joining the Teaneck community. And this weekend, for those of you who are just tuning in right now, you know that there is a big OUJLIC weekend in the Five Towns area, June 5th, 6th. You can contact uh, Hani Lowenstein. That's H Lowenstein and the number one at gmail.com. Uh, the J, uh, the OUJLIC Student Leadership Educational Resource Associate. With any further questions, you can also contact Mary, me, Miriam, at NahumSiegel.com. Rabbi Elon Haber, I thank you so much for your time. Kolaka vote to you and continued good work on behalf of the Jewish people. Th thank you, Miriam. It's my pleasure. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to that live here at the Nahum Siegel Network and uh, certainly gave me a lot to think about as we hopefully look forward to the future with our kids and placing them in the right places. Uh, let's go through the lineup. And uh, Avrami is going to bring up our musical selection in the background. My thanks to Jason Katz and the Wise Studs for this cover of Hashem Melech. It's an excellent cover. And it's also a shout out to Jamie because she won the contest this Sunday <laughs> with the song that she voted for, she nominated to be the most commonly played song during the Celebrated Israel Parade. And after two weeks here at the network, she beat the rest of us. Uh, so <laughs> live lunch starts in just a few minutes, hosted by Nachum from 11 to 1. Stunt show is preempted today by a rebroadcast of our parade coverage. Michael Fragan is back today. He is joined on spin class at 6 p.m. by Assembly My Assemblyman Michael Simanowitz and the OU's Jake Adler, they discussed the effort to delegitimize de de the political power of the Orthodox community. You don't want to miss it. Tomorrow morning, Nahum is on the air hosting JM in the AM. Malcolm Holmlane joins him at about 7.40 in the morning on JM in the AM. Naomi presents. What is wrong with my screen here? Let's get rid of this. Naomi presents Table for Two tomorrow morning. Her guests include Cancer Mitch, who is a trained chazan and a, and a chef who has just come out with a new cookbook. Also joining her is Elon Kornblum. He talks about the ever-growing Facebook presence for the Great Kosher Restaurant Foodies with over their with their over 10,000 members. Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by Avrami Eternal Flame, hosted by Rabbi Y.Y. Rabbi Jacobson, and headlines with David Lichtenstein all round out our Saturday night programming. JM Sunday with Matis from 7 to 9. 
Eastern Time Sunday morning and then a rebroadcast at 11 a.m. of our parade coverage. I leave you with the Wise Studs and their cover of Hashem Melech. Again, kudos to Jamie. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Coming up next, live lunch with me, Nahum Siegel, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.